Hello and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And in today's Membership Minute, 2020 is winding down, and thankfully so. And NSTA is looking for volunteers to assist with our standing committee work. We have the Awards and Meetings Committee, Business Development Committee, Government Relations Committee, Membership Committee, Safety Competition, and Manufacturers, Suppliers, and Technology Committee. So your NSTA membership allows anyone in your company to participate on our standing committees. If you're interested or someone in your company is interested in participating, please contact us at info at yellowbuses.org for more information. And back at the bus stop, we have another repeat guest. It's Dan Kobison from Kobison Buses out of Wisconsin. Dan, welcome to NSTA, the bus stop. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's our pleasure. Listen, you are vice president of Kobison Buses in Wisconsin. So refresh the memory of our listeners who may not have been on last time or are unfamiliar with Cobison Buses. Give us a little bit of background on the company. Well, Cobison Buses has around, been around for more than 80 years. Grandfather started it. He was a farmer. He uh, was taking the, well, actually, he didn't really like to work that hard. He so hired a hired hand and he would take the milk to town so he could uh, shoot the shoot the crap with the guys in town. So he was doing that for a long time. And that wasn't enough wasn't enough talking for him. So he started to stop at other farmers' houses and uh, pick up milk from them. So then he basically started a milk truck company. And from there, it evolved into those farmers asking him to take students to town to go to school. So he eventually started transporting students to town and that offshooted another company, which was a, a school bus company. So he was the contractor in a little tiny town called Kokana, Wisconsin means falling water. But anyway, that's how it got started. We've evolved from there. We're about a thousand employees now. We are regional, obviously only in Wisconsin, run all sorts of different sizes and colors, not, not colors, but different uh, brands of school buses. Myself personally, I've not been in the business my entire life, but most of it, but not my entire life. Did my master's degree out of UW-Milwaukee and came back into the bus company and and from there, my brother and myself have grown it quite a ways. I do have a aunt still in the business from the second generation. I have two cousins from the third generation in the business. And then I have a niece, second cousin in the business. Actually, two nieces, I'm sorry, in the business as well. So we're continuing on as a family business. Yeah, and that's such a great, great story. And one actually we hear replicated around the country. So yeah, thanks for sharing that with us. Now, as we know, every state is providing different uh, challenges with respect to uh, turn to school. What, what do you see in Wisconsin at this point? I know that I had heard that you had some spikes in the COVID uh, cases around the state. What are you guys doing in Wisconsin? We're doing all right. I think most of the, I'd say all of the larger school districts are, are uh, all virtual. The medium ones are all over the board, and then the smaller ones they're trying pretty hard to uh, stay face-to-face, but it is pretty much all over the board. We're doing pretty well. Um, even the schools that had closed, they would close, you know, just separate schools. They'd slow, you know, just close a middle school or just close an elementary school and then reopen. We had several of those early on. However, now we're starting to see with the holidays coming up, I think there's concern that this is going to continue on. So a lot of a lot of school districts have decided to close for the rest of the semester and reopen in you know late to mid uh, January, which is which is unfortunate. But you know we got to get ahead of the COVID and get it get it taken care of before we can you know we don't want to let it 
run too rampant in the schools. Yeah, that's for sure. Maybe you could take a second and talk about the difficulty of the start and stop. So in other words, we're getting you know school ramped up to go and, and kids uh, ready to you know go to in-class learning on buses. And then we do that for a while and then we see a spike in cases. Um, give us an idea of what you know what challenges that presents to to you guys in in executing what you do each day. That's a great question because I mean just on the vehicle side, it's pretty it's it's understandable what's going on there. We have to keep these vehicles moving because otherwise you know it's kind of use it or lose it. If we don't you know keep the wheel bearings uh, run, they they freeze up. So there's that piece. You know the batteries are going to go bad. The things like that they're going to go bad. But even if they shut down just for two weeks, let's say, when the shutdown is hard on the drivers, they, you know, there's not consistency in pay. There's, there's those issues that we have, the negotiations that we have to do with the school districts to figure out whether we're going to pay the student, pay the drivers or not pay the drivers. And, you know, there's, there's those issues. And then what we're really starting to see is when the schools do come back or even, even the original startups were difficult at best because a lot of them were doing special startups or unique you know they were doing an a b setup or uh you know all these different variations and that all requires routing on our part so there's a lot of background you know information going on that to be able to do that i'm working with school district right now they're starting up a k through two so it's completely different than normal year they're even talking about moving stops and stuff and it's to me it's it's very and it's got to be hectic for parents also because it's also different and you know they're going to do this for two or three weeks and then they're going to bring on three through five and then they're going to you know it's going to it's going to grow or we have some special ed situations where they they're changing the you know based on what they can provide they're changing that on a daily basis so it's turning into a taxi cab service so it's it's been challenging. You know, thanks for that picture. And I guess you had a little bit more to add to that. No, not really. I guess it's just mainly the vehicles you've got issues with you've the uh, the drivers issue, and then you've got all the different routing that goes on, and and you know the hardships. I'm sure, you know, and, and we try to do best we can. We're trying to work with the districts as much as we can, just because we know we we all have to get through this together. It's just it's it's stressful though. I think for everybody, everybody in, involved. No, yeah, I totally agree you know, with that. And it's um, one of those areas I was actually on a, a call today and I talked about it and I said, listen, you know, part of the issue in trying to explain this to folks is the success of the industry in transporting 26 million children to and from school each day. But it's a lot of moving parts. But because that's executed so effectively, when we reach something like this and, and you guys continue to execute it effectively, it doesn't mean that there aren't a whole lot of moving parts that you guys have to adjust on the fly, you know, each and every day to do that. Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking when you were saying that is that if you go back, uh, I don't know, it would be 10 years, maybe maybe 10 years, where a lot of districts were doing routing by string and, you know, tax on a, on a map. Right, right. Yep. Oh my gosh, I, I don't know how we would have done that. And we've come, and I, you know, the technology's been there for a long time, the, the, the routing software. I just don't know if it's penetrated the market as far as it has nowadays. Um, it's become cheap enough that we're putting it in on really small districts. So when, when those districts want to do something, uh, we're ready for it. Uh, as a startup, I'm, this was back in September, I had one district who came to us and said, well, we, we have like three plans. And uh, the manager of that terminal said, well, I have all three plans in my system. You just tell me which one you want to go with. And I'll push the button and here we go. So 
the computerization of that, and I think we could probably say the same thing about this technology, right? I mean, the podcast that we're on right now, if we were to add these podcasts or being able to do virtual learning five years ago, 10 years ago, oh my gosh, can you imagine what this would let them like? I mean, how would we have done school at all without, you know, Zoom right. or, or a meeting? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you mentioned the routing. And what about those districts that had legacy routes? How do you adjust for that on the fly in a new environment? Right. So it's interesting that, you know, also in, in terms of what, you know, what you do, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Now you also chair the Manufacturer, Supplier, and Technology Committee, and we interface on a regular basis, you know, with, you know, you know folks like the ones we've been talking about who may be in, in terms of routing software or, or safety technology. But tell us, Overall, what does that committee do in support of NSTA? Well, the committee is, you know, revolves around manufacturer supplies and technology, suppliers and technology. So we try to bring all of those vendors and, and get them in front of the members, the contractors, as much as possible. And we try and pick and choose, you know, industry specific or relevant topics to discuss as much as possible to get them in front of members. We do meetings on a regular basis. We invite everybody in just to discuss what's new, what's interesting, what we can do, what the vendors can do to help out the contractors and what the contractors can do to help out the vendors. So it's we try to make it a interactive committee for both sides and have them work with each other and, and resolve the issues that are within the industry. Now, one thing that the committee has done effectively over the, you know, during the course of the pandemic is put together some webinars. And I know recently we had one on cleaning, sanitizing, and disinfecting of of school buses, as well as another one on risk management for contractors during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you give the listeners a little bit of flavor of what those programs were like? Uh, The cleaning one, sanitizing and disinfecting, that one was super interesting because one thing I didn't really think about when we went into that and we had the, by the way, we had the manufacturers uh, sit in on a panel on that, and we we discussed what each manufacturer recommends for how to clean a school bus. One thing I didn't really think about before is they said, you know, you really have to think about each of the things or the the products that are in that bus. So you've got vinyl seats, you've got stitching that holds the seats together, you've got steel seat frames, you've got aluminum walls, you've got you know glass uh, windows, and you got a rubber floor. So you have to be cognizant of all those products and there's no really one cleaner out there or no magic pill let's say that you can just spray in there and it's going to take care of everything not to mention the fact you have to worry about students and and, you know their clothing and so on and so forth that you know we don't you know have any side effects from that so really it came down to you know soap and water really but at the same time it's not very efficient to be able to go in and wipe down every seat every wall every window every between every route that's you know that's a big a big job so we talked about all the different compromises so I, I think it was a really good presentation the other presentation risk management that one was also pretty interesting because it was it was two types of risk management one was on the hr side and the other one was on, on the insurance side uh, maybe from the student side you know what kind of risks you have and i just mentioned one of the risks is if you started you know let's say you started spraying bleach and and the students got sick from it or whatever so you've got that issue or or if driver gets COVID or the students get COVID, who's responsible for that? That, that was one piece of it. Then the other part was HR, which would have been the driver um, and what responsibilities we have as, you know, even our offices, you know, drivers coming and going from our offices. What 
responsibilities we have to that situation, which was interesting to walk through those. My question was at the end of that was, where are we going to go from here? What What is this all going to change as far as, is this all life-changing stuff? And I, I think everybody agreed it is life-changing. We, we probably can't go back. It will never be back to where it was. Now, whether how much of this will kind of stick, you know, will we be, you know, sanitizing buses forever? Probably not. I hope not anyway, because uh, we're seeing some side effects from that um, and it's more uh, cost. But, you know, where where do we go from here? So it was it was it was super interesting. Now, the um, you know, as we evolve through the the pandemic, you know, it, it seems that the tenor of our, you know, NSTA committees has taken on a whole new you know, frame of mind. What do you see going on perhaps next year, you know, for the MST committee? Well, I hope we can get together once in a while instead of these uh, these conference calls or podcasts. But what do I see happening? I, th- I think more of the same. I mean, more more discussion around how we can make the industry better. Um, and I think that's from all facets. Uh, it's not only manufacturers, suppliers, and technology. And, you know, technology, you can take that in a few different ways. But I see, you know, student, the con- the bus contracts being changed. I see even school days being changed. I see the way people go to school forever and ever being changed. A good example, I thought this was pretty interesting in Saskatoon, Canada. Last week, Friday, it snowed so much that they canceled school, but they just converted to virtual and they just went on. They've made up the day as the day went on. So now they won't be making up that day at the end of the school year like we saw in, you know, in history. So that's really going to affect school bus contracts. It's going to affect, you know, school bus drivers. It's going to affect forever and ever. I mean, I, I think since since school districts have had to put this platform in place, they will continue to use it in those cases. So everything has changed. So I think going forward, more important than ever to be, you know, in the know. And the way to be in the know is to get involved with NSTA. Great segue on that, Dan, for a couple of reasons. One is we're going to pivot to the NSTA midwinter meeting light. And one of the programs that we're going to have in Safety Harbor, Florida, is one our part three of the school bus contracts post COVID nineteen. So, you know, to your point, we're going to be discussing, you know, what does the future of school bus contracts look like? How are we going to address things like, you know, extracurricular activities and, as you say, shortened schedules? And one of the things for the kids is they're not going to have the beauty of the snow day that we had. So and take a break from from the class once in a while. Yeah. I didn't think about that way. That's going to be interesting. I I mean, I just always remember snow days always, you know, that's when you went out in the backyard and, you know, tried to get the snowmobile stuck or you you, you went and got, you know, yourself stuck in the hill in the snow. I am from Wisconsin after all. But uh, my point is that you (laughs) use that day as a as recreation. You know, I mean, you you. And now right. it's going to be right. stuck in front of a computer screen. So you won't enjoy the snow, let's say, or you won't, you know, yeah. So <laughs> we had to listen for the school closure on the radio too. Uh, right. So there was no thing as uh, <laughs> group text messaging at that time. Too. Right, right. So, yeah. So, so last thing before we go, what does MST have on the docket for the midwinter meeting light and what should folk who register for that event look forward to? Well, we've got an OEM meet and greet, which is going to be different than normal. It's not going to be a OEM, OEM meaning the, the manufacturers, the big three, big four, five uh, manufacturers will be there talking about what's new in there, you know, what they've got coming down the pipe, what's, what's new and exciting in their world. It's not going to be really a panel where they, you know, get and do their dog and pony show. It's going to be more of a meet and greet. So it'll be, you know, one-on-one, you'll be last questions, we'll be able to, you know, get involved a little bit and ask, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe steer what they're doing by asking them, hey, we, 
we should be doing this, you know, or we should be doing that, you know, that kind of thing. And then we're also going to have a technology panel, which we haven't quite figured out yet, but that's going to be some great new technology that's coming to the market. We'll uh, we'll do a presentation on, on some technology there. Great. And once again, save the date. That's February 21st through 23rd, the midwinter meeting light in Safety Harbor, Florida, right 15 minutes away from the Tampa airport. So we're looking forward to that. So once again, our guest today at NSTA, the bus stop, Dan Kobison. He's vice president of Kobison Buses in Wisconsin, also chair of the Manufacturer, Supplier, and Technology Committee, and uh, vice president of NSTA as well. So Dan, you wear very, very many hats, and we appreciate uh, your service to NSTA. And thanks once again for joining us at the bus stop. Thank you.